2017, the Center of Theological Inquiry launched a five-year project on religion and global concerns, examining such issues as migration, economic inequality, religious violence, and the environment. The senior fellow in the current resident seminar on religion and migration is Peter Fan, a renowned theologian based at Georgetown University. A native of Vietnam, Peter Fan emigrated as a refugee to the U.S. in 1975. He obtained three doctorates in Rome and in London. He began his teaching career in philosophy at the age of 18 in Hong Kong. He's held several teaching positions in the United States, including at the University of Dallas, the Catholic University of America, and Georgetown University, where he currently holds a prestigious chair in Catholic social thought. His publications range far and wide in theology, and his many writings have been translated into Italian, German, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Polish, Chinese, and Vietnamese. Peter's on the podcast with me today to discuss his scholarly work on the issue of migration and theology and its connection to the current residential seminar at CTI. Thanks for joining the conversation. So Peter Pham, you're the senior fellow in the current seminar on religion and migration. So could you talk a bit about your own role in the, in the program and how you got involved in the beginning? Well, it all started uh, last year when I was president of the American Theological Society and as president, I had to give a president address. And that day, uh, that occasion, I gave a topic of God as the primordial migrant. And my interest was uh, to try to re-understand, reconceive the Christian belief about God Christ, spirit, mm-hmm. church, and so forth, uh, in light of migration. And among the audience happened to be the director of CTI, Will uh, Stora. And afterwards he said, oh, I really need this topic for my CTI. I didn't know what, I know some idea about CTI. But he said, oh, no, we want to do it. And of course, not knowing anything about it, I said, sure, why not? You know, <laughs> that, 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 that's <laughs> happened. And that's how it started. It started as migration, as the social, uh, anthropological, uh, sociological, and even legal uh, phenomenon. And asked the question, how does that have an impact on the way we live religiously and the way we think theologically? That's how it started. And then afterwards, we talk about uh, with you, with Will, and with Robin Loving, we talk about how to organize this. And so what I had originally wanted to do is this, is to study uh, migration as much as possible from the social sciences perspective, because mm-hmm. doing theology from below requires that we are familiar with these realities. So that's how I thought of it. Have somebody come in and talk about sociology. You have uh, human rights. Uh, in October of last year, we said I said to Will, said, well, because we're only one semester, it's better to have one, uh, uh, maybe a semester before, have people come in uh, for about three, four days. And so first of all, them to go to know one another. By the time they come in the spring, they know each other. And then to have the idea of the uh, sociological. And so we invited uh, Saskia Sassin, and you have, and she talked about sociology, and you have David Hollenbach, talks about human rights, and what wonderful opportunity. And the student, uh, the fellow, sorry, 
the fellows, yeah, that was one of the best things. They come to know one another beforehand and know the situation rather than just coming in, in January. And how did you first, uh, when did you first get in, interested in this topic, migration well, theology? The, well, actually, very recently, um, as as you know, in academia, you always talk about astrology, the phenomena, the signs of the time, the issue, the challenges, the universal, uh, the, the, the church the most. And uh, at the time in the United States, of course, uh, with the uh, campaign, presidential campaign, and before that, there's a basic issues about migration. And myself, being a migrant, I was a refugee. I came in the, into the United States in 1975 when Vietnam, South Vietnam, fell to uh, North Vietnam. And so my family came as a refugee. So from the personal, if you will, existential perspective, that's a topic that interests me very much. And then the political situation in the United States, and then the war in the Middle East create you know, hundreds of thousands of migrants. So that's simply as a theologian, as one to think about the Christian prayers, I ask myself, what is the phenomenon today that is uh, most challenging to the church? Uh, before that, I was working with a group of the uh, Roman Catholic religious, the Scalabrinian. They are very much involved in, uh, in, in migration. And they, they asked me to write about migration from the perspective of the Roman Catholic Church. So that's how I got it. So a combination of, to answer your question, a combination of personal experience, the questions of the social political situation in the United States then. And then once you realize that, then you say, oh my gosh, there's so many of the themes or texts or topics mm-hmm. in the, the Hebrew Bible, in the New Testament that talk about migrants. But people don't pay attention because it was not something on the radar, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what are you doing in your own project to bring this issue to bear on the, the classical loci of, mm. of theology? Talk a bit about that. Yeah, uh, okay. So I was at the same time, um, the last 10 years, I was with Dale Irving, the editor of a series of monographs on world Christianities for Paul Gray Macmillan. And as we talk about what means world Christianity, what helped Christianity spread out as a world religion, of course, migration. Pious people talks about mission, apostolic, you know, they, the um, apostles went to Rome. Apostles. The fact of the matter is that the gospel was spread by the lay people. I don't want to know. Because they were traveling around on the Silk Road, they go from uh, Syria to Mesopotamia to the Central Asia and then Afghanistan. They were merchant migrating from place to place. And so I would say, thinking again, the Logi theology, classical treatises or topics on Logi theology, forces me to say, uh, to ask the question how did Christianity spread? It was not from any kind of magisterial decision, the bishops or priests or the pope decide to spread, it's just the people. Yeah. So that forced me to re-read church history. Yeah. 
thing. If you look at church history or history of Christianity as a world Christianity, you ask this question, what pattern globally? And so I read the, the history of Christianity in, I call it eight mass migratory movements from the time the first come out of 1970, the destruction, the year 70 AD, the destruction of the temple and so forth. Christianity prayed to, uh, uh, to Syria, to Antioch, where they were called Christians in the first place. And then the 135, you know, the, the, the uh, destruction of the second time. So I read that and I say, okay, if you read this, you see certain phases of Christianity uh, that were caused by external circumstances, politics and war and invasions, and make Christianity, every time they go, they acquire a new face of Christianity. Okay, first of all, you have the Judeo-Christian phase at the first place, and then you have the Roman phase, and you have the Byzantine phase, and then you have the discovery of new world, a different kind of Christianity, and then Christianity go to Asia is another one, and then the Christianity in the uh, First World War, Second World War, and now with globalization, the return and, you know, the, the, the circulatory migration, you see different kind of Christianity emerge. So that's how it really impressed me that you take migration as the lens or the perspective you have to see a lot of things you did not see before. Mm. And what you find is, is the agency of the local communities and the agency of lay people that went around the, the world. Yeah. We live in a, a time right now where there's a lot of pessimism, we might say, over a mm. lot of these issues. And I was just, do you have any, where do you see signs of hope mm. for these kind of issues? I, okay, this is very interesting. I like to talk into two perspectives. The first one is from the church perspective. I have a great sense of hope because it is the migrants that come in and renew the local churches. Take, for example, the Catholic Church of the United States. Um, as you know, the the first migrations were from England, right? The, the, uh, and then you have the waves of the uh, Eastern Europeans, Germans, and so forth, and, and, and Polish, and Czech, and and then you have the southern, the uh, Italy mostly, uh, and then the Irish come, you know, the potato farm in the 19th century. Every time the church in the United States trying to recoup itself to reorganize here the presence of the migrants. And in 1965, when Johnson signed the, the act of, uh, on, on, on the, uh, migration, uh, he abolished the quota, right? We know that. So it opens up the possibility of migrants from Asia, from Africa, from Latin America. In the 1960s. Yeah, 1965, yeah. 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 And so well, I think Johnson was interested in renewing the church, right? But very often this is what. So the coming of the Latin Americans, the coming of the Asians. Today, if you talk about the Catholic Church of the United States, Without the migrants, it would be a very dull church. The number of religious vocations, there are more than 1,000 Vietnamese priests alone 
uh, in the U.S. In the U.S., yeah. one thousand, hmm. and uh, and then the number of sisters, religious sisters, there. they renew the church. They bring a new wave, new fresh air. Now, so that's what I have much respect, uh, hope from. Let's say from the uh, uh, the older European churches. Let's say France. If you go to France, go to Italy, even to Spain, uh, churches are not full of people on Sunday. You know, so the migrant come in established. Mm. Uh, the Irish church, another example. The Irish church, after the uh, sex scandals, it's almost dead. But then the Polish come in. They were trying to close down all the churches. Now they are okay. New Pope. Catholic, you can come in and so it was the Polish, literally the Polish who come in, whoever thought because of the arrangement in Europe that all the Europeans can travel and go anywhere they go to Ireland and then you have Polish Catholic that does. I was in um, last summer, sorry, I was uh, in not Finland, um, oh Sweden, Denmark, and the last one. Pin uh, Sweden, Denmark, uh, Norway. Norway. <laughs> All right, thank you. I was in Norway, and mm -hmm. on Sunday, I went to, uh, on Saturday, I went to the church, mm -hmm. which is walking distance to my hotel. I come in. It was not in, in, in the, the, the majority in the church were, mm -hmm. believe it or not, Asians. Hmm. The Vietnamese have three masses on the weekend. The Filipino have one mass. The Polish people have one mass. The really Norwegian mass only one on Sunday. This is the cathedral of the diocese, hmm. right? Three Vietnamese masses, two Filipino, one Polish, and one Norwegian. Hmm. You talk about the hope of how they're keeping it alive yeah, keep yeah. alive sheer numbers you yeah. know yeah. uh what about the political side of it the fact that society the american political side the contribution of migrants of course many of them are documented legal some of them are undocumented but they come in they bring in new culture, new language, new cuisine, new food, new festival. The American culture is rich. It's no longer just, you know, vanilla, white, so what? It's all kind, right? All kind. And uh, three days, for the last three days, the Vietnamese, the Asians celebrate the Lunar New Year. Mm -hmm. You go to California, I talk to my sister on the phone, say, what happened? They say, oh, he says, oh, here is celebration, oh, everywhere celebration. Uh, and so we, we think that how the, remember the migrants don't come here empty handed. Mm. They are poor, but they come in with all kinds of gifts. Mm. Gifts of language, gifts of culture, gifts of, uh, of different way, literature, every kind. Mm. And so I am very uh, optimistic that if the American remember their own past, that the United States is a country built by migrants. 
I was reading uh, several uh, days ago, a week ago, I think, about uh, a woman in somewhere, I forget. Uh, Any time that she hears a politician denigrating migrants, she goes into Ancestry.com, she looks all the, she traces everything, and she traces uh, that particular politician, his grandfather, mostly his, not her, his grandfather, his grandfather, and what where they come from, they were, uh, mostly were uh, illegal, they come when they come in, and now mm. it's political. She does that. Uh, I forget her name, but she does every time a politician speaker mm. against migration, she took his name, she go into search all these birth, you know, registries and... This and see where they came Yeah, she dig it up yeah, and she said, here, your grandfather. Yeah, me as immigrant. So I, I believe that I was uh, optimistic about this. It's great. Well, it's great to have you leading our program, and it's you're so enriching the dialogue. You know, I, I yeah. can speak very quickly about the mm-hmm. program to the people. We have twelve or yeah. thirteen people with us. Uh, as you now know, where you work in the program, there is two from Germany. Uh, one studying the issues of contemporary migrants and theology, and the other one, woman from Nuremberg, she's in this rich education. You have somebody from uh, 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 Hispanic descent, Mexican descent, studying the Pentecostal movement. And you have one from South Africa, Old Testament. You have one from uh, Australia, study ecology and uh, the impact on migration. And you have one from uh, Japan who does Christology. Uh, so you see, and then of course, American themselves. Cyprian yeah. from, Cyprian from uh, Romania, but now he's working in, in, in uh, Munich. So you see people from all over the world, literally, and they, you can see at the seminar, they contribute from their story, perspective, history. It's unbelievable. Different disciplines. Disciplines yeah. as well, you Absolutely. know, Old Testament history and, and uh, education and art, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we're about a month in, so I mean, yeah. we're already learning a lot, but I assume, you know, yeah. it's going to be a, a lot more. In the to see months, them yeah. interact and learn one another, read the... Um, the short papers beforehand come in well prepared, and I think that is exactly what I dream of um, that it would happen. Because people share enough common interests. It's not like somebody comes from out, uh, and also because they are middle career, so it's not like a senior professor come and do justice or whatever they wanted to do, but rather there is a middle, you know, assistant associate professor here and doing the kind of work, the project, and, and I think that's a magnificent uh, occasion for them. It, it, a literal chance of a lifetime to all of them. Well, not least to get to work with you on this central issue, Peter. Yeah, I so, hope, uh, yeah. again, I hope to uh, produce a book that all of us will be authors, and not mm-hmm. just the I, just editor, all of us will contribute on migration. Yeah. Uh, from the uh, social political aspect, anthropological aspect, from the Hebrew Bible, from New Testament, yeah. Yeah. from art, education, history, and so forth. So I am thinking uh, about how to uh, organize this book that truly is the fruit of our conversation uh, in the seminar. So let, it, it's a project, I'm working with them. Absolutely. 
Well, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. All right, Josh. Thanks, I'm great. Thank you so much for all your contribution as well for this. Uh, and uh, we have been working together with you and Will, myself. We're all working very well. And, uh, Absolutely. I also thank the people, uh, Jamie and Linda. Is that Linda? Linda. Yeah, Our, she has done a wonderful, splendid uh, issue. Absolutely. Thanks.